I'm Halima Atta, and welcome back to another episode of A Little Perspective. So A Little Perspective is officially back from its mini hiatus. And I mean, it wasn't much of a hiatus. It's been a little over a week or two, but technically it is. Anyway, it's nice to be back recording, making new episodes. And while that almost two-week break may not have represented much, a ton of significant events happened within that small time frame. Among the most major events has been the occurrence of the 2020 Tokyo Olympics. And just to start off, that name really did mislead me because I was so confused looking on air and seeing 2020 instead of 2021, not realizing that COVID, the whole coronavirus pandemic thing, had completely switched like the trajectory of the Olympics that was supposed to happen in 2020. Aside from my initial confusion over the actual name of the Olympics, one of the most memorable moments in the actual games for me was the fact that Simone Biles pulled out of her competition last minute on Tuesday, July 27th. Now, without context, many are led to believe that she dropped out of the Olympics because of a physical injury. At least I was. I thought that maybe she sprained something, she pulled something, she broke something, and she couldn't compete because it wouldn't be good for her physical health and well-being. But I was surprised when I realized that she pulled out, she withdrawed from her gymnastics final to protect her mental health for mental health reasons. And in that moment, while I was reading that news article, I found it pretty shocking that I immediately jumped to say, oh, she physically did something to herself, like she can't compete because she's physically hurt, when in reality, it was a mental bruise that she was going through that she couldn't compete. And so that led me to believe, and it prompted me to really wonder, why is it that we prioritize physical health over that of mental? Why is it that we think that physical well-being is the only thing that is important when it comes to athletes, when it comes to people in general? So as you can probably tell from this episode's description, This entire situation led me to create this episode, focused on the interconnection between mental and physical health. Continue listening to this episode to learn about just that. The relationship between mental and physical health, society's flawed view of these two aspects of living, and for an answer to the big question, why do we prioritize one over the other? As always, it's necessary to define what it is that this episode will be centered around. Now on this show, to start off with mental health, because mental and physical health are obviously two different things, mental health has been discussed in multiple episodes, analyzed from tons of different perspectives, from a racial perspective, in an educational sense, etc. But given that those episodes were released months ago, I wanted to give a little bit of a a refresher on what mental health even is. So according to the World Health Organization, mental health is a state of well-being in which an individual realizes his or her own abilities, can cope with the normal stresses of life, can work productively, and is able to make a contribution to his or her community. Now, looking at that definition, the first thing I noticed was that it didn't mention mental illnesses, mental disorders in any of the sentences. And I think that's a really focal point of the entire definition, which they emphasized later in their article. Mental health is not just the absence of mental illness or of mental disorders and challenges. Mental health is being able to contribute to your community, to your society in a positive way to balance all the stresses of life, as I just mentioned in that previous paragraph. I think it's there's such a huge misconception around what mental health even is. People hear health and they think, oh, it means you're in it's the absence of something bad, when in reality, it's just you being able to handle life. It's kind of, thinking of mental health, I like to consider it a neutral. So it's not positive, it's not negative, it's just being and not existing without having difficulty to balance, you know, the normal stresses of life, contributing to society. Like, that's what I think 
a mentally healthy, stable person is. So again, like it's important to emphasize that mental health, somebody who's mentally healthy, mentally stable, isn't someone who simply doesn't have any mental illnesses because there are tons of people who exist without mental illnesses who have mental health issues. It's not about having a disorder or about that serotonin imbalance, those chemical deficiencies, but rather being able to contribute to society and to be a stable person who can handle stress in their life without handling it in a negative way. Not to mention, mental health is also about how we interact with other living human beings. Another point that um, this article emphasized was the fact that mental health overall is fundamental to our collective and individual ability as humans to think, emote, and interact with each other, to earn a living, and to enjoy life. So mental health, again, it's not just the absence of illness, but also our ability to reason, to think logically, to work with other people, to interact with other people. Just being stable doesn't mean, oh, I don't have this disorder, but rather I'm able to communicate with this person well without like struggling. I'm able to be stable and also balance what's going on in my life, help other people in their lives, etc. So it's not just about not having this illness, but rather being able to balance everything and interact with other people. Now to move on to physical health, I'm sure most people are a lot more aware of what this is rather than mental health. But to just quickly define it, physical health can be defined as a normal functioning of the body at all levels, a normal course of biological processes that ensures individual survival and reproduction. It can also be considered a dynamic balance between the body's functions and the environment. So just reading this definition straight off of my phone, straight off of my notes, I can already observe some similarities in these two definitions between that of mental and physical health, the importance of one's ability to balance and contribute. For example, in the definition of mental health, a point that's really stressed is that we have to be We have to work as a collective. Being mentally healthy and stable also relates to our ability to connect and interact with other humans to contribute to society, to our communities. Now, shifting to the definition of physical health, it really does stress the importance of the balance between the body's functions and the environment, whatever its surroundings are which can include other people. So listening to that and just hearing myself say that back, it really is important to realize that there is a link between the definition of physical and mental health already, from the just from the beginning. There's that importance of contributing to community and that dynamic balance with the environment. They're really just the same thing, being able to exist with other people without having any challenges or issues. That is a focal part of health in general. Not just mental, not just physical, but both. So there's a link there. And I think that's, to me, that was one of the biggest things I realized when I was researching for this episode. The fact that not just mental health, but physical health also relies on somebody's ability to balance, to live with other people, to interact with other people, and to also contribute. So it's not just being able to, oh, interact with this person, but it's also being able to contribute to your community as a whole in a positive way. So I already thought, like, I already observed a link between physical and mental health just reading those definitions alone. So I think that all goes to show that being in tune with one's surroundings is an aspect of wellness, wellness in general, found through both modes of physical and mental. So all this talk about definitions and technical stuff really did get me thinking. Mental and physical health are a lot more interconnected than we think, because while they're viewed as largely different, they have a mutually exclusive relationship. Essentially, one affects the other. In other words, it's hard to be physically healthy if you're not mentally healthy. It's hard to be 
mentally stable if you're not physically stable. They are so related, and I think that there's like a huge societal view that one is more important than the other. People tend to prioritize physical health over that of their mental, which just leads to them falling down a, a slippery slope of just neglecting their health. Because wellness, when people use that word, they typically think of physical. Like when people think of health, oh, like making sure, oh, like my knee's not broken, my elbow's not broken, my fingers aren't sprained, I don't know. When in reality, wellness is a giant umbrella term that includes both our mental well-being and our physical well-being. And so knowing that those are mutually exclusive, they affect each other and they can, they have to exist at the same time. Optimally, they should exist at the same time because you really can't be mentally healthy if you're not physically healthy. If you have a broken bone, it's hard to not feel like imagine, I think a good scenario, I, I was reading this online, but to imagine that you're an athlete, right? And you're playing, you're about to play this huge game, like maybe like a football player at the Super Bowl or something, and you sprain your ankle and you can't play. Obviously, that would affect your mental state, you know? Not being able to play a game that you love because of physical reasons could obviously put you through mental turmoil. And vice versa, if you were struggling mentally before a big game, you wouldn't be able to perform athletically, physically, optimally in the way that you would hope or expect to. And this interconnectedness of mental and physical well-being isn't just some kind of theory that I've come up with that I found on Google. It's quite literally backed by science. So I wanted to look into a few examples of how they are interconnected from a medical lens. From 1982 to 1992, so around a decade, psychologist Janice Keekolt Glazer and immunologist Ronald Glazer set out to research the possibility of a link between mental wellness and physical wellness by examining the effects of stress on the immune system. Their study was centered around college students amidst the occurrence of exam season, which obviously is a time that prompts a lot of stress, feelings of anxiety and worry and concern in many students alike. The results of the study demonstrated, and I quote, that students' immunity went down every year under the simple stress of the three-day exam period, meaning test takers had fewer natural killer cells, which served to target viral infections. And according to the researchers, they almost stopped producing T cells completely, which are notorious for fighting infections. Given that physical health can be defined as something that includes a normal functioning of the body at all levels at all times, this exact study proved, again, exactly why mental and physical health are interconnected. Because stress weakened these students' immune systems. It led to them having a lower ability to be able to fight off viral infections and disease and illnesses. Additionally, it's recently been found that there is a link between fatigue and psychiatric disorders. Now, according to the National Library of Medicine, fatigue and psychiatric disorders frequently occur comorbidly. Not to mention, they're also known to share many similar traits. On that note, a study conducted through the MRC National Survey of Health and Development set out to further prove that connection. It followed over 5,000 participants from birth to age 43, and the results of the study showcased a link between these mental and physical aspects of living, with the study citing that the results confirmed the significant overlap between fatigue and psychiatric disorders. Now, this isn't to say that A Little Perspective is now a show centered around science research, but rather to showcase that our mental and physical health are more closely related than what we are taught to think in the eyes of society, because it's generally believed that physical health takes precedence over that of mental, with the state of our physical bodies being considered more important than that of our minds. Which led me to wonder, why do we prioritize one over the other? While one possible answer to this question puts humans at fault, and to be more specific, it deals with the fact that individuals prefer not to focus on what they can't see. 
When it comes to the conversation surrounding mental versus physical health, the biggest difference I can note between the two is that one we can see and note with our eyes, whereas the other is invisible, physically speaking. And while this seems like common sense, mental illnesses and mental struggles are dealt with internally, we can't really see them, whereas physical injuries like a bruise or spraining your ankle, tearing your ACL or whatever, those are things that we can see with our eyes and just see the severity of in person from our own perspective. People really don't realize the impact that that view has on how we treat people struggling with different illnesses, whether mental or physical. For example, when people talk about individuals with schizophrenia, for example, they're seen as weird, they're different, they're unique, but in a bad way. There's a negative connotation behind even just the term schizophrenia in itself when it's actually a mental disorder. That's a very valid one that a lot of people struggle with. We can't see that. We can't see that these people are struggling because it's an, it's an internal thing, which of course they may have physical responses to, but these the symptoms that they deal with on a day-to-day basis are internal. We can't see them. We can't hear them. On the other hand, somebody who may have broken their arm, for example, we can see the fact that they are struggling because it's an it's an overt thing. We can see it with our own eyes. And therefore, people, there's a greater sense of urgency to assist people who have those maybe physical disabilities that might stunt them. And the issue here doesn't lie in the fact that people want and tend to help those who have physical disabilities that are struggling physically in general, whether it's a permanent injury or a temporary one. The issue lies in the fact that people will rely on the existence of physical struggles to discredit the obstacles and hurdles that people with mental issues have to endure. And this is a thinking pattern or a mentality, however you would like to call it, that leads many people to prioritize physical health over that of mental because it's something that they can see contrary to mental health. I mean, you can't see the mental struggles that people endure because obviously like, it's not something you can see at the surface level. But physical issues and complications we can see with our own eyes. And so we believe that they're more legitimate solely because we can see them physically speaking. And this perfectly ties into the second reason as to why so many people prioritize physical health over mental health, which is the fact that misinformation exists. We're not educated enough on these mental and physical connections, but rather are instructed to see them as weaknesses, to see mental issues as weaknesses contrary to physical ones. And while science has backed numerous times the existence of a link between mental issues and physical issues, many people are still led to believe that mental issues are weaknesses, that they do not affect any other part of our bodies, when in fact, they are interconnected with physical health. For example, there is a scientifically proven link between depression and fatigue, as well as a lack of energy and thus motivation to complete certain tasks. However, there is a societal view of depression as making people lazy. People that are depressed have clinical depression are lazy. They just don't want to do anything ever because they're just lazy and they have no motivation for anything because it is their fault. When in reality, there is actually dopamine deficiencies that people with depression have. In reality, according to the Jackson Laboratory, people with clinical depression have increased levels of monoamine oxidase A, also known as MAO-A, an enzyme that breaks down key neurotransmitters, resulting in very low levels of serotonin and dopamine. And you would think that scientific research like this would convince people that mental health issues are just as legitimate and valid as physical health struggles, when in reality, people just use it to weaponize people with mental health issues, calling them lazy, saying that these things, these symptoms that they discuss are excuses, etc. And I think the miseducation and should I say misinformation, surrounding mental health in itself becomes even more apparent when you consider the recent events that took place at the Olympics. 
As aforementioned, American gymnast Simone Biles had to pull out of some of her competitions, or some of her events, because of mental health issues that she said she was going through. She said for mental reasons. And she faced a lot of backlash in the press, in the media, etc. because of, that, of this specific quote-unquote excuse. And I think on its own, this maybe would have served as a moment that I realized, hey, maybe some people are super patriotic and they just hate their favorite athletes dropping out of races for any reason whatsoever. But when I realized that the reaction people had when she announced that, when people started speculating, oh, maybe she had a physical injury, was so different from the reaction that was prompted when she announced she was going through mental issues, I realized that it is the miseducation surrounding mental health physical health and their interconnection that really fueled this entire public response. Just seeing that shift in mood when people were speculating that maybe Simone had a physical injury to when they were talking about the fact that she had to excuse herself from this event because of mental issues, mental hurdles, that really did showcase the fact that people prioritize physical health while suppressing that of mental when the two are really interconnected. People only felt empathetic towards Simone when they realized that she could have maybe physically hurt herself or injured herself, but not when she was talking about the mental struggles and obstacles, adversities that she was going through amidst competing in the Olympics. And again, this all circles back to misinformation surrounding the fact that we can't see mental issues and mental struggles while we can see physical ones and physical adversities. And also the fact that society views mental illnesses as a weakness when in reality, they are connected to physical health. And if we don't view physical injuries as a weakness, we shouldn't view mental ones as one either because the two are interconnected. One can't really work without the other. You can't be a mentally stable person if you're not physically stable in the sense that obviously this excludes people with physical disabilities, people that have, you know, overcome those types of adversities. But for example, you know, if you're a football player and you get injured playing the sport that you love, you can't be in your mental prime going through a temporary injury, for example, and vice versa. If you are struggling mentally, it's really hard to stay focused on the things that you're passionate about. And this entire situation got me thinking of another topic that's kind of intertwined with what I've been talking about, you know, the relationship between mental and physical health. The public response to players like Naomi Osaka and Simone Biles, who stepped out of these competitions and elite events to protect their mental health, that public response included things like, oh, you know, these women are failing their countries. That all alludes to the fact that the commodification of athletes, especially black women, black athletes, is a real issue. I mean, a really common rebuttal to Simone Biles excusing herself from the Olympic Games to her, like, just wanting to prioritize her mental health was, this was one I heard a lot, she's failing her country, I'm so disappointed, she's supposed to be representing the United States right now, this is for our country, etc., etc. Things along the lines, the lines of that, those statements similar to that, it really does showcase the commodification of athletes, and again, especially black women, because they're expected to be on their A-game at all times, every single day, every second of their lives, when people disregard that they're actually human human beings, just like the rest of us sitting and watching them on TV. We tend to view these people, again, especially black athletes as an economic tool so much that we forget that they have adversities that they also need to overcome to play and to compete to the best of their abilities. Because these athletes are assigned an economic value, they are led to prioritize that and their physical well-being over everything else because they're seen as people who are only valuable and useful when their bodies are being utilized physically to win games, to compete, etc. And when discussing this whole commodification thing, I can't help but realize that it really does impact black athletes negatively much more significantly, much more in general than it does white athletes, non-black athletes, and honestly just 
people of color in general i've seen you know black athletes specifically like just to focus on them just spent stemming back to slavery for example you know with minstrelsy and these minstrelsy related shows black people have had to fight to even just be seen as human and so fast forward to now these black athletes are assigned again in economic value lebron james naomi osaka simone biles and they're seen by so much of white america as tools as pawns in the economy oh like they're just here they're only valuable because they play this sport and they're really good at it so when they attempt to humanize themselves when they show that they have real human issues, you know, Simone Biles and her mental health struggles, just like Naomi Osaka, etc. They're seen as a failure. Oh, you're a failure to the country because you're not doing what I want you to. You're not playing a sport and putting yourself through mental turmoil to make money, to stimulate the economy, to entertain me. It's like modern day minstrelsy, just kind of in a different font. Overall, though, just to circle back to the original point and focus of this episode, the discourse surrounding the importance of physical health over mental health and vice versa failed to realize one thing. The two operate together. They're interconnected. Therefore, trying to suppress the other in an attempt to prioritize the other one will only lead people to put themselves through more turmoil, both mentally and physically. And when you really analyze this issue, you realize that it has so many layers. I mean, whether talking about it from a racial perspective, the fact that this is just minstrelsy in a different format, the fact that it has something to do with the economy, commodification of athletes, especially black athletes, etc. This issue does have many layers, but of course, that would be for another episode. With that being said, thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope you were able to learn something completely new about the interconnection between mental and physical health because researching for this episode, I learned so many things that I did not. If you liked this episode, be sure to leave a positive rating in Apple Podcasts, and I'll see you next week here on A Little Perspective. <laughs>